Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Heaven. Welcome back to another Opa Ghost Mini Book Club episode. Well, thank you. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't welcoming you. Oh. You've been here. I have been. I like to be included. Well, that's good, because you're not getting out of it at this point. <laughs> Today's book is What Moves the Dead by T. King Fisher. Our first fiction yeah, so since it's our first fiction, I'm not really sure how to go about it. So I'm just going to rely on the English teacher to hopefully make it work. The problem is no one listening has probably read the book, so it's hard to talk about a book. Probably not. Although that's pretty much what I do every day is talk about something no one has read because... Yeah, <laughs> nobody reads in high school. Nobody reads it. Well, as we said in the last episode, it's a retelling of Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher. Which I suggest you read. I found an online version, which I'll post in the show notes. It's only about 12 pages long, and that includes a couple of pictures. So it's not a bad idea to have that background when you go into this book. I mean, you don't have to, but I think it adds to it personally. Yeah, I think we read it in high school, but I didn't remember it at all. So I didn't read it again until after I had read What Moves the Dead. We read it in the sophomore. It's in the sophomore lit books. Are you going to make them read What Moves the Dead this year after? I think you still have to read the Poe version first, though. Yeah, it's good to compare them, like a nice comparison. Yeah, here's a modern version of of it, sort of. Here's a modern, creepy as hell version. Well, some would say the Poe version's creepy. I mean, maybe if you were born in the 1800s. Well, it's old school, traditional Edgar Allan Poe gothic lit stuff. So, you know. I think most of us are desensitized, so things really have to creep us out at this point. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. The world is not what it was in 1890, right? No. <laughs> I had read this book when it first came out. As a fan of Poe, did it make you kind of like, ugh, whatever? No, actually, I liked it. You know, the way the Poe book works is that there's this unnamed narrator that shows up after Roderick Usher sends him a letter and when he gets to the house, he notices that it's just this weird, creepy vibe coming from the place, partly because his ride in was through dark and dreary country and the day was dull and dreary also. And then he gets to the house and it's way more run down than he would have thought. And there's a creepy lake around the thing. And so really kind of similar to what we have in What Moves the Dead. Now we just have a name for the narrator. And that's important, I think. The difference in the Kingfisher book is that Roderick doesn't send for this unnamed narrator. Madeline sends for the named narrator, who is Alex Easton. Another difference is that Madeline plays a much more prominent role in the book than she does in the story. In the story, she's almost like a ghost. She's just kind of glimpsed out of the corner of your eye. You saw her turn a corner, and that was it mm. until the very end. And she's much more creepy, and like it's kind of all revolves around her now. Yeah, that kind of really makes the story about her. I like that. I also like that we get to know the narrator and their horse, Hobbs. <laughs> yeah. I think it allows the reader to kind of connect with the person telling the story, which makes them more reliable for a narrator. Yeah. You get a similar treatment for the narrator in the original, but the narrator is really just there as to have a person tell the story. So they're really just a coat hanger for the story. So they're not like the hero in the post story? No, not at all. They, I mean, he's just the witness that's telling you this thing happened. 
he interjects his thoughts from time to time, but they're not really there to do anything other than even those thoughts are only there to move the story forward. Where in the Kingfisher book, Easton's thoughts and things move the story forward, but they also develop the character of Alex Easton, right? Mm-hmm. And so you don't get that in the Poe, which isn't to say that the Poe is bad, but... No, it's just a different kind of storytelling. Right. I mean, I like how the Poe version is traditional gothic horror, but this version goes beyond and kind of brings it into a modern version. It is set in 1890, but it doesn't feel like it's 1890 when you're reading the book. No, not really. Yeah, the language is way more accessible than Poe's grotesque and arabesque vocabulary, you know? Oh, yeah. My favorite characters are the hares, obviously. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention those, (laughs) but I thought you would. I love them because, you know, I love a good horror book. And when you have like these undead creatures, it's just creepy rabbits running around. (laughs) Yeah. And then I also really love Eugenia Porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mushroom mushroom lady. lady. (laughs) She's just kind of like this badass mushroom lady. And I love her. That's what I mean. It's kind of a modern version because some of the characters are out of place. They are ahead of their time. Oh, yeah. Especially using women for these characters. Oh, yeah. She also just adds like a little bit of humor to a dark, creepy story. Yeah. 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 And I've read other people that said that Kingfisher has that weird sense of humor that definitely comes through in the book. You don't love horror, but I think you would like her books. I don't know about horror novels. I don't have a problem with horror novels, mostly horror movies, because most of them are just jump scares. And I love jump scares. Those are the cheapest form of scare you can get. I mean, those are just, I hate jump scares. You didn't scare me. You startled me. That's not the (laughs) same thing. I want to be afraid, not startled, you know? You want to fear for your life. Well, no, I want something that's, you know, viscerally scary like in pet cemetery the movie that little kid coming after you that's terrifying you don't need a jump scare to put that idea in your head that's terrifying so that's what i like about a horror movie i went that let me ask you what what did you not like about the book oh my gosh there's nothing i didn't like about the book i loved everything about it i've never read a t king fisher book and not fallen in love with it okay (laughs) i love all of her books Dear T. Kingfisher. (laughs) Total fangirl. I loved the way that they used Madeline in the story gave it that classic ghost story feeling. She's just kind of like wandering the halls and she's white as a ghost. And then at one point, you know, when she's in the catacombs, all that stuff, like it's very ghost story. And I loved that. Right. And that's what I mean when I said earlier that it's kind of an updated version. It's a better version because Madeline makes the story more of a ghost story than the original. So what did you not like about the book? I'm like you. There wasn't anything I really didn't like about the book. It's kind of like watching the movie Titanic, though. You know, it's like (laughs) if you've read... Well, if you've read The Fall of the House of Usher, let's just say you're not going to be surprised when the boat sinks in the end, right? Right. Even though the course you took to get there is different, you know what's going to happen. And that's, I think, part of the problem. One reviewer said that, you know, she could have hid the ending better. It's like, no, no, she couldn't have. It's not possible. I mean, if you hadn't read Usher, then yeah. Right. If you went into the Titanic not knowing that the boat sank in the end, well, where the hell have you been? You know, kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't think she could have hit it better. That's why it worked out great for me, because I didn't read it until after I finished this book. And then I was kind of like, oh, this is cool, but I like T. Kingfisher's better. I kind of like it better. 
That's shocking to me. Everybody thinks that because you teach English, that you must be this giant Poe freak. No, and I wouldn't say that. It just is such a classic. It is. And it's one of those things that if you've read it, you know, you're like, okay, I'm a better person for having read it because now I'm familiar (laughs) with it. And now it even has a purpose because when I read this book, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see the parallels here and I know where the story's going. But that doesn't ruin the story. You know what I'm saying? Just like when you watch Titanic, it wasn't ruined because you knew the boat sank in the end, right? Well, when I watched Titanic, I was probably like 10 and I had no idea what the Titanic was. So it was all new for me. Okay. Most people weren't 10 (laughs) when they saw it. I think it came out like, what, 98 or something? You know, there's more people in the world than just you. I'm just going to say it. Wait, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) You're lying. Does the sun not revolve around me? Yeah, apparently not. No. So, yeah, I I don't know. I liked the book. I, I liked it better just because it's easier to read. It was an enjoyable and it was, you know, it was funny in parts and you didn't have to struggle with the, with the language and that sort of thing. It's a familiar re- tale that you can retell in an original way. And so I liked it. Yeah. One of the reviews on the back of the book says it's a grotesque romp. A grotesque romp. The book itself <laughs> is really cool looking too. I mean, take off the paper cover. Yeah, well, you know what? Screw Barnes & Noble because they told me <laughs> if I pre-ordered it, I got this special edition that nobody else would get. And then a year later, you got the same copy. Yeah, I go to Amazon, buy the, the hardback because I just like hardbacks and it's got the exact same thing. Nice red picture of the house on the cover. Yeah, and, and a creepy rabbit on the inside. I'll post a picture of the inside on the gram because that's really cool looking. It is. If you loved the book like we did, the great news is that she's putting out a sequel in March of 2024. Oh, that's right. What's it? Do we know what it's called? It's called What Feasts at Night. And obviously, we'll definitely do an episode on it right away when it comes out. I assume the uh, character is Easton. Uh, let's see. Retired soldier Alex Easton returns in a horrifying new adventure. There you go. So basically, she returns to her hometown, her home country, village, whatever the hell you want to call it over there. Right. And she finds like a caretaker dead. And the villagers are whispering that a breath-stealing monster from folklore has taken up residence in Easton's home. Gasp. Do we know, is this an adaptation of something? I'm going to assume it's probably not. It's not like there's a sequel to The Fall of the House of Usher. Right. Well, spoiler alert, the house collapses into the lake at the end. There's nothing left to sequel and both ushers are dead. Right. But you can take the character and say, you know, like the Scooby-Doo gang and move on to another mystery. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. It doesn't appear that she references any other books, though. I mean, that's fine. She's also like an art. She does all kinds of things. And she's big into like stories of folklore and creepy, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So it might maybe actually based on something in folklore, if not an actual story or something. Next up, we're reading After by Dr. Bruce Grayson. And I haven't read this. Jonathan has read it. It's nonfiction. It's about near-death experiences. It's only about 220 pages, so it's not a huge book by any stretch. And it's um, relatively large font. It's a good book. It's it's worth the read. Thanks for reading along with us, if you did. I can't wait to talk about after. I can't wait to read it. I'm excited. Yeah, it's actually a pretty neat book. I can't wait for you to read it. I hope it goes better than the last one. (laughs) 
I'm going to be so pissed if it doesn't. Oh, yeah. It'll go way better. I promise you. You'll owe me. All right. Well, toodles. Thanks for listening.